Oh, yeah. Which, it's a Wonderful Life. Which is, okay, we do need to talk about that one day. Because okay. your letterbox review of that was criminal. What, do you get it, one star? He should have jumped, man. No, 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 no. You're missing the whole point. That's the point of the movie. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Super 70 Podcast, episode 34.4, The Holdovers Holiday Special Part Duh. My good friend Dave Anderson went to go see The Holdovers on my recommendation, and he listened to my last podcast episode with great envy. Jealous that he could not participate, he texted me, begged me, pleaded with me to come back into the Hacienda and to discuss what must be the first Christmas classic in 20 years and what may be the last one in a very long time. We're going to talk briefly about the holdovers. Yeah, what did you think? <laughs> I just published uh, uh, an episode about 20, 25 minutes of, um, with my son Luke about what I thought about the whole I did hear, which I was kind of disappointed. It's like, oh my gosh, I really enjoyed that. So that was a. Uh, man, that was a good flick. I didn't think it would ever happen again, which is a Christmas classic. You know? Because it's been. What's the last Christmas classic that's not Die Hard? I mean. Christmas Vacation? Elf? Elf. Elf is 20 years. I think Polar Express is one year more recent. I think Polar Express is a Christmas classic for kids. It is. It is. I don't think it's a Christmas classic for everybody. No, I I tend to agree. It's not a general audience Christmas classic, but yeah, maybe it's Elf. And what's the record for that? Like Miracle on 34th Street? Did that run it for like 30? Yeah, probably. Or um, the Capra movie. Yeah. It's a Wonderful Life. Which is... Okay, we do need to talk about that one day. Because your letterbox review of that was criminal. What did you give it? One star? He should have jumped, man. No, 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 no. He You're missing jumped. the whole point. That's the point of the movie. <laughs> That's the funny thing. That's the thing I found very funny about that movie, right? Is kind of like the holdovers, right? The vast majority of the movie is kind of painful, right? What the characters are going through is rough stuff right so the part that we think of that popular culture thinks of from the uh is a wonderful life is such a small percentage of that whole movie it's remarkable right that may be what 12 minutes 10 8 and the holdovers is similar in many regards because it's it's not a rough watch by any stretch it's actually really entertaining and really fun but the Christmas parts are so special because they're so small, but they're so powerful, in my opinion. Sorry, I just wanted to pull up the, the cast uh-huh. to the holdover since it was just so amazing. When When's the last time we had a Christmas classic? Yeah. I mean, it seems like it's been a very long time since there was – I mean, I, it seems like, based on the interviews, that Alexander, Alexander Payne is kind of embarrassed by this being considered as such. Really? Yeah, that's uh, – the, the readings I've gotten uh, that I've seen – He's kind of, you know, explicitly stating that wasn't his objective, which I find counterintuitive to watching the movie. The whole fucking plot. I, I, I know. It's, it's one of those. That, and maybe I'm misinterpreting and maybe I'm mistaken. So I'll go back and check. But I'm pretty sure it was like, OK, this is what, was what I wasn't setting up to do, which, OK, I can see that. 
but there does appear to be some degree of bafflement that people are taking it as such, where it's like, no, this is actually a a dead-on Christmas movie, right? And it's not cynical. It's not ironic. It's genuine, which is really nice, which is one of the things I liked about it, which you don't see all that often where it's not painful, right? If you see something that's legitimately heartfelt, you know, usually it's kind of sappy, right? Except for the ones that aren't, which then become the classics. And this is definitely one of them. I mean, there's a whole bunch of... It's a very contained story, both from a time frame and a scope. But it's really something you can invest in pretty quickly. I took my uh, took my wife and my son to it, and I, I can't remember the last time I laughed that hard. And the last it time, was hysterical. Yeah, man. and the last time I came that close to tears, being a man, I cry not at movies at all. That that fucking time that uh, Dominic Senna says to the group, he's like, "I thought all the Nazis were in Argentina." I just. I just like, we've all had that teacher, right? We've all had that guy who's just like this guy will not let up. <laughs> I thought that was a universal experience. <laughs> no, it was, it really was. It was, which is ironic, you know, considering when was it based? When's the nineteen seventy two? I think yeah, I think, yeah. So it's essentially fifty one years old. Yeah, right? yeah. But it feels very universal, and I didn't go to a. I didn't no, go to I, boarding school. No, I didn't. But it either. seemed very authentic to what it would be, even if it's not. It, Felt like it should be. Well, this is also a time and a place in where boarding schools are actually more affordable than they are now. That's, I, I, that's true. That that's is true. One aspect of it. It's it's more universal. It was it was as it was much an as option it, for many people. It was an option. It of was, course, it's not like any of the pe- the students there were not from exceptionally well to do you know families. Right. Well, the, the the Barton School where it was seems to be like it was a lower end of the scale in terms of. Yeah, I'd seen that too. But but you had schools like that mm-hmm. all over um, the Northeast. Yeah. Uh, I had a cousin that went to one. Oh, really? Yeah. What did your cousin uh, think of the experience? Uh, I don't know. Well, he he went to fucking Syracuse, so he thought it was great. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Because that, that's what got him into Syracuse. You know? Okay. The atmosphere, and I know that we're, we were born in a certain time in a certain place where we remember the atmosphere, but right. the atmosphere felt like the time and a place where I was born. I spent the early part of my life. Sure. And I really, I really found a lot of the elements in the film were just so extraordinarily familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it was definitely, it definitely felt like someone created it based on what they knew, not yeah. as opposed to what they'd seen. Right. And I found that the costumes, the costumes were so well done, it looked like they came out of a vintage store as, a, as opposed to what a designer would think people wore back in 1970s. Yeah, you definitely felt like you were watching a movie from 1972, not a movie from 2023 that was set in 1972, right. for sure. It looked like it was just a lost film that suddenly came back. You know, and I've seen a lot of people comparing it to Hal Hartley movies, and that's not unreasonable. Dave is on his fourth IPA and has made a mistake. He is referring to Hal Ashby. The auteur director of such classics as Coming Home, The Last Detail, Shampoo, and Eight Million Ways to Die. Right, but it, it kind of was like, oh, here's a lost film by, say, Hal Hartley. You know, it doesn't really matter. If can you, you give it. us an example of a Hal Hartley movie? Uh, I mean, the only thing I can really think of immediately is, uh, let's see, you have Harold and Maude. Was that Hal Ashby? That is Hal Ashby. God. Who the fuck is Hal Hartley? Uh, I'm going to chalk that up to four IPAs and half a pizza. 
Oh, he's a director. He directed Trust in 1990. Yeah, that's not the person I'm thinking of. Though. I'm obviously <laughs> off by a couple of syllables and letters. He's done tons of TV. Hal Ashby. 36 yeah. credits. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I'm not a Payne fan, but I uh, saw that Sideways was one of your favorite films. Well, it is right now. Right. I don't know about you, but I change my top four on Letterboxd all the time. Oh, do you? No, oh, yeah. I change it all the time. And I remember watching Sideways and just being kind of similar to this, where I was like just flabbergasted how much I enjoyed it. And, you know, Giamatti is a consistent between those two, and he is a – I think he can be really good. He can also be kind of mediocre. He takes Spider- The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh, yeah, Spectacular yeah, Spectacular yeah. Spider-Man 2, whichever Spider-Man 2 it is. Where he is the rhino. That was pretty fucking terrible. What the fuck did they do to his eye? I don't know. That is one thing I'd like to see. <laughs> it doesn't look like digital. It might be, but it, they did it really well. It, it was really off. Yeah, but it was like it's like this is a special effect. I, I, yeah, I need. I haven't looked it up yet. <laughs> His nickname was Walleye. <laughs> there were just a lot of things like that. I thought really popped through. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, it was the biggest surprise I've probably had in a good six months. What was the most years. touching part of the story? Because oh, there were three narratives going on at the same time. Touching part of the story, or the most touching scene, or what do you mean exactly? Well, you had you had Tully's story uh, about his father, and, right. and then you had uh, Walleye's story right. about I'm stuck at the school because I'm a fuck up. You had Mary Lamb's story about losing her son, right? And that to me was the most touching. I mean, that sequence near the end of the film, where spoilers, where she's putting the baby clothes back in the dresser, was pretty hard to watch and pretty well done. You know, it's like, oh, okay. You don't have to beat me over the head with your message. You just have a couple seconds here, and it's like, oh, okay. It wasn't shoved in your face. No, not shoved in your face, and it's really subtle filmmaking and storytelling, which I really appreciated. I mean, but all of their journeys were really quite good. And and, and the kid, Dominic Sessa? Yeah. I can't remember Hal Ashley, you know, because I'm thinking he's Hal Hartley. <laughs> but I got his name right. I guess this was his first film ever. They found him at one of the schools yeah, they were shooting at. the school at. they were shooting at. Yeah. And that was, I mean... I wouldn't have guessed that in 100 years. He was spectacular. Yeah. And I don't know if we'll ever see him again. Maybe not. Maybe it's best if we don't. But that that scene of him and and Giamatti in the bar. Mm -hmm. You think about like a 20 or 21-year-old kid. Doing that. Doing that with Giamatti going toe-to-toe. With no, And maybe that's why he was able to be so successful. He's like, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to be able to do this. You know. Oh, yeah. Like the the Orson Welles comment of I didn't know that I couldn't do that. So, therefore. But it was still, regardless of the why. It was very compelling, right? And no, it's it's up there. It was one of the best movies I've seen in several years. I couldn't believe how good I actually. I told my son didn't want to see it. My I went to go see it with my wife. We mm-hmm. both loved it. And I told my son, "You need to go take your grandmother. You need to go see it." And of course, my mother just bawled through the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I cried the whole and time. Just thought it was wonderful. And in terms of being a Christmas story, I've got a very complicated relationship with Christmas because of, you know, my father dying so close to Christmas. It's colored so many thereafter. I haven't really enjoyed Christmas in, in, in decades. I've only just recently, in the past few years, have just gotten into, like, the Christmas mood. Right. And and I'm not a really big Christmas movie guy, which may be why I'm not a particular fan of It's a Wonderful Life. But I, I do like uh, Christmas Vacation. I think that movie is astounding. Mm-hmm. And I do like Die Hard. And I do think Die Hard is a Christmas movie because it, it takes place on Christmas Eve at a Christmas party, which is the only time they can pull this heist off. Right. And, you know, you know it's, it's, it's 
Christmas, it, yeah. Theo. And, yeah, right. So it, it, it has sacrifice. It has redemption. It has, you know, all of these, these themes. And I see the same thing in the holdovers. Holdovers has, yeah. has a sacrifice. It, it has a resurrection, if you will. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it has uh, all these things that fall in with these, these Christmas these movies. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, I think it's very, they're apparently, you know, if you look at any Hallmark movie, you'll find these themes replicated. Oh yeah. This is the best Hallmark movie ever. And that's not, being pejorative right well right. apparently i have i have taken a poll among my wife's family okay and about christmas movies and i will tell you that the the christmas movie that that bar none everyone loves is hanukkah on rye never which, heard of this which is a hallmark jewish movie uh, about hanukkah which apparently they they watch every fucking christmas because it's so amazing I have never heard of this. <laughs> Not either. This is Gilbert's, uh-huh. huh? All dated. In a city of 18 million people, how do you find the one? I've signed you up with a very famous matchmaker in Brooklyn. No texting, no email. What's left? Writing letters? Can you imagine if people still use a matchmaker? I bet it's nice to get to know someone on a deeper level. It's a new romance with an old world twist. Aha! So the matchmaker was right. Hanukkah on Rye. On Hallmark, but they was like, "That's your favorite Christmas movie." Like, oh, that's your yeah, yeah, favorite yeah. Hallmark Christmas movie too. Like, okay, right. so you understand that Hanukkah movie is not a Christmas. Not, well, I mean, it's yeah, a holiday. By definition, it's but, a holiday movie. Yeah, but I mean, the thing with Christmas is, is it's not about you know, this is such a cliche, right? It's not about Santa. It's not about the tree. It's not about the gifts. It's not about any of that stuff. It's all about the reconnections with Spirit family. Reconnection. It, it is all that, right? So this is one of those that really focuses on that in healing which lord knows over the past eight years seems like social media and popular culture everything else is not they say they're interested in it but there's no action towards it and this is one of those where it's like okay let's actually just observe people coming together from a very naturalistic perspective right there's no crazy hijinks that makes it happen it just seems very natural and organic so it's just it's delightful excellent what's your second favorite christmas movie second favorite authentically christmas movie right because yeah Die Hard is obviously die hard is it's a christmas count. movie but, but it's it is not. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah oh, it, it's definitely a, um, a christmas story oh yeah laugh my ass off every single year <laughs> it's hilarious the the duck you know and the smiling bu- yeah the, the bupkis's dogs and, you know, Darren McGavin is amazing. I mean, I'll watch it just for that. I'll just, you know, I'm going to watch the supercut of Darren McGavin losing his mind in the Christmas story. He's going to go fight the furnace, right? And it's it's one of those that I didn't live in that time. I have no idea how authentic it is, but it feels authentic, right? It's portrayed with such love and care and humor that it feels right. So that's definitely my favorite. The trash dumpster fight yeah. in the alleyway. <laughs> With Scott Farkas. Scott Farkas. He had yellow eyes. I swear to Christ, <laughs> yellow eyes. <laughs> I, I had a uh, co-worker explain to me how that was relevant in our workplace. Okay. And he played it on YouTube. He's like, see? See? This, this is exactly how we work. It's universal. It's all connected. The leg lamp. Um, yeah. I keep waiting for someone to say, you know, that hasn't aged well. No, it's aged perfectly well. <laughs> it's aged Perfectly well. It's it's a fabulous price. <laughs> is there a rewatchables on the Christmas story? I doubt it. And, and and the question is, why not? 
there needs to be one. There, there needs to be one. Yeah, just I mean, because it's definitely in Bill Simmons's wheelhouse. He's the same age as us, for God's sakes. And we used to say that in the schoolyard. We were, I'll double dog dare you. Yeah, triple you dog know. dare you. Oh, he jumped right ahead. Yeah. <laughs> right. The Red Rider movie got. Yeah, I'm yeah, probably watching one. that tonight now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> shoot your eye out, kid. Exactly. Carbach has a beer called. Yeah, you will uh, shoot your eye out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although I think they changed the formula on that over the past few years. Right after they got bought by uh, InBev. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't want to. Don't want to prejudice any. I don't want to throw false accusations, but I'd heard that that their formula has changed. Don't know if it's true or not. I haven't bought it in a couple of years. What are you going to watch next? From a Christmas movie perspective, or just in general? Just in general. Well, I, I, I I'd like to see Ferrari next. Um, I know what you're seeing next. What are you seeing next, by chance? Oh, I got a Bollywood movie tonight. Um, let me pull it up for our listeners. Starring King Khan of India. Not King Kong. Not King Kong. King Khan. Shah Rukh Khan, who is the biggest movie star in the world. बॉलीवुड के किंग खान यानी शाहरुख खान आज अपना I don't know exactly what I'm going to watch next, right? But from a new release perspective, it'd probably be American fiction or Ferrari. Yeah. That's what I think I, if I could just go see something tomorrow, that's probably what it'd be. We're going to see this tonight. Tomorrow, I, I think I'm going to rewatch Dark Phoenix with my daughter. Why? Everybody says that. I love Dark Phoenix. My, Nicole has a bone to pick with you on that topic. Really? I told her you liked it and she said. She needs to come on the Super well, 70. Well, she said that's so one of the worst movies she's ever seen. Yeah. Everybody says that. So. Why are you veering? For, I'm not saying that you should just follow the popular opinion, but what about it works for you? I've not seen it, so I don't. Maybe I, I need say. to bring the mics up, and we need to go in the backyard and maybe and put Nicole on, and yeah, maybe just extend that invitation. I don't know if it, if the holdovers episode is going to be the place to discuss Dark Phoenix and maybe. my obsession. It for may it. not be. I think it's a great movie. Anyway, okay, so. Should we end? Yeah, I think we should pause and shut right. it down. Well, then I want to say a Merry Christmas. Hey, Merry Christmas to you, and yeah. Happy New Year if we don't see each other, and all that good shit. Happy Winter Solstice, and Happy Hanukkah to all of our Jewish friends. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And uh, thank you very much for making the trip down. Oh, thank you, sir. Thanks for hosting. Thanks for listening to Dave and I rant on about the holdovers. 
and other various topics. You can find me, my books, and my blog at www.thatdillandavis.com. I'm also on Litterboxd and Threads. All music is done by Rosalind McPhail. I'm Dylan Davis, and we'll meet next time in Tokyo. So I feel really sad. Two things make me very sad. One, the people who are attached. Now, whoever works with me, I'm the senior most in the film in every which way. Uh, as number of years and age and stage. Uh, and then I let down those two, three hundred people if my film doesn't do well. Because their hopes up and down me. And they work very hard.
and and they worked very hard to make me look good so i've not looked good enough uh, in a film second part is the audience who comes down to see the film and they're like expecting certain uh, hours of entertainment and i leave them unentertained uh, that's really saddening it's like letting down your own children so these two things bother me the success is not uh, success is actually just a measure of how many people enjoyed the film so i'm okay with that but um, like you said you know the more i've worked the more i've realized how less i know of acting and uh, now i'm really wishing you know that if i can have good 10 years 15 years of acting more maybe i'll be able to discover so many things mm. which i was unknowledgeable about so i think that really excites me now to find more about acting uh, over wow. the years